welcome to the Thrive Church weekly message. We hope you enjoy this message and we pray that it blesses you. For more information about this podcast or other resources, visit thrivechurch.co.nz. This morning I'm going to be speaking on how our praise aligns us with God's love. And in that video, you know, he plays the song, you're going to live and not die, says God. And then he says something like, it was like a wave came and it, it hit everything that was going to, it was coming against us, a greater wave. And then he goes on to say, you know, how do you see this God? Show me what you see. And, and he saw that incredible picture of his son with his own child. And it's an amazing image, an amazing reality of this is a true story. This actually happened as they were in a desperate situation and, and, and facing the loss of their son. He came into alignment with God's love. And God's love was then able and free to move with just such pinpoint accuracy and deliverance for his own son. And it's just such a, man, it is awesome. Who knows the goodness of God? Like God is good. And you may be here today and and you're in a a great space or you could be in a tough space and feeling like you're in a dead end. I just, once again, I just want to reiterate to you that God is love, that He is good over every one of our lives, that He has got a plan and a purpose. And as we come into alignment with His love, we begin to experience His reality breaking open into our lives. And one of those ways of getting into alignment is with our praise with our affirmation, with our declaration of who God is and who He can be in the toughest of situations. And so I'm just going to be breaking open uh, that message this morning. I just got a couple of housekeeping things I just want to do. And that is one, just to congratulate Daniel and Sarah who are here this morning with their newborn uh, baby. And so let's just give these guys a hand and just well done, Daniel and Sarah. I don't know where you are, but such a treasure having another little gorgeous bundle of joy brought into our uh, family. And so that's just so good. Another thing is that we've got Chris and Ruth. They are flying back from Brisbane, um, missionaries in Arnhem Land, and they're coming back, arriving at 12.15 uh, on Thursday morning. That is a.m. That is an ugly time. Uh, there's a few of us that are going to be going down there. We're going to put on a Bollywood-style like welcoming party dance thing. Um, and so Janet's going to be leading that. Um, she was telling me. So that's going to be awesome. So you're welcome to come and enjoy uh, just kind of like, yeah, welcoming them home to uh, New Zealand. So that's going to be amazing. So back to, uh, you know, our topic this morning, how our praise, how our actions, how what comes off our, our, our tongue and our lips actually aligns us with God's love. And I just want to, I'm going to just bring the Word of God right now. And, you know, if I say anything good today, you're allowed to say praise Him. Come on. Praise Him. Let's praise the King, not praise this Him. Praise the King of kings, the Lord of lords. Thank you, Lisa, for that loud and obnoxious praise Him. can always rely on you for just, oh, I should admit the obnoxious, like that didn't mean, you know, loud and passionate, passionate, full of joy. Come on. Praise Him. All right. Uh, Luke 7, um, we've got this on that big screen that is not going to fail us this morning. Praise Him. Yeah, Luke 7, uh, 36, 50. 
Please listen for the Word of the Lord. Uh, Okay, here we go. When one of the Pharisees invited Jesus to have dinner with him, a woman in that town who lived a sinful life learned that Jesus was eating at the Pharisee's house. So she came there with an alabaster jar of perfume. As she stood uh, behind him at his feet weeping, she began to wet his feet with her tears. Then she wiped him, uh, wiped them with her hair, kissing them and poured perfume on them. Here we have a radical uh, display of someone's life being completely undone in the presence of Jesus. We have a room and there are people in this room and Jesus is in the room with the people and people are just talking and they're eating and what they do, you know, they're just hanging out what you do at mealtime. But in the middle of this environment, there's a lady who sees Jesus in the room and she sees Jesus for who He really is. And she understands that her own brokenness and her own despair is actually, it's okay to bring that to Jesus. It's okay to be completely real in the presence of Jesus. And so she just like does something completely radical. It's nothing, no one else is doing this in the room that day, but she just weeps, pours out her heart, her love. She hears he's going to be, she goes there, she brings a gift and she brings this this image of someone lavishing love, lavishing her own reality on Jesus in the middle of this place where it's like, what? That wasn't set up for that to happen. But anyway, uh, the story goes on. It says, when the Pharisees who had invited him saw this, he said to himself, if this man were a prophet, he would know who is touching him. And this was the woman. He'd know that. And that's like, ew. And, And what kind of woman she is, that she is a sinner. I know, Jesus answered him, Simon, I have something to tell you. And he's like, tell me, teacher, I didn't actually say anything. I just thought it. And you want to tell me something? Okay, let's see where we go with this. And he says, two people owed money to a certain money lender. One owned him 500 denarii and the other 50. Neither of them had the money to pay him back, so he forgave the debts of both. Now, which of them would love him more? Simon replied, I suppose the one who had the bigger debt forgiven. You have judged correctly, Jesus said. Then he turned to the woman and said to Simon, Do you see this woman? I came to your house. You did not give me any water for my feet, but she wet my feet with her tears and she wiped them with her hair. You did not give me a kiss, but this woman from the time I entered has not stopped kissing my feet. You did not pour oil on my head, but she has poured perfume on my feet. Therefore, I tell you, her many sins have been forgiven as her great love has shown. But whoever has been forgiven... uh, Whoever has been forgiven little loves little. Whoever has been forgiven little loves little. See, Mary had this revelation of who was in the room, that grace was in the room, that her future was in the room. And she had decided that she was just going to park her dignity and embrace humility. She was going to park just what she looked like out on the street and she was going to just be completely real about who she was. And she honoured the presence of Jesus. And Jesus said, you know, this woman sees me for who I really am in this room. And then on the other hand, there's Simon and he's the host and he's actually, he's put some effort in. He's put on this lunch and even though he had opened his home to them and given him a place uh, at, at, at his table and he'd given him food and Jesus showed him that he hadn't actually opened his heart to 
him. It's like, man, we can easily have, you know, Jesus in the room and we can look like, you know, we're connecting with Jesus and we can come to church on Sunday and just kind of go through the motions and maybe, you know, just do life. And it's easy to get into that kind of, it could be a rut of just doing what you do, you know, just a religious kind of thing. But Jesus came to bring life. He came to be fully alive and for us to be made fully alive. And so, you know, uh, he, Jesus actually confronts Simon and it's like, this is awkward, man. And, and, he, and he compares him to Mary and, and, and he says, you know, Mary's the one who's, she's aware of her brokenness and her need for me. And, and he concludes, you know, that her many sins are being forgiven as, as her great love is shown. But for whoever has been forgiven little, you know, they can only love little. And, and the story, it, it gives us insight into the difference uh, between what religion looks like and, and what the, the praise response of an authentic believer looks like in the company of Jesus. And, you know, like I said, you could easily put on a religious show. And we can have a great service here on a Sunday morning and look awesome and the band with the sound and the preach and it's like, woo! And, and, but it, if there's not a heart connection, it's just religion. It's just religion. Come on. But you see in Mary, this undone spirit of praise, this, it, it, it's determined. She's determined to make this heart connection uh, and declaration of who is in the room. And it is at any cost. It cost her some money. It cost her, her dignity. And she was like, nothing's going to hold me back from declaring who Jesus is. And you could actually, you could skim over the story and kind of like conclude that it wasn't actually possible for Simon to love like Mary because, you know, he hadn't been such an overt dirty, rotten uh, sinner. <laughs> and I think, you know, well, yeah, she wasn't really, but she did need a lot of forgiveness. So let's just go with that. It's the Bible. <laughs> Simon, I know, she was redeemable. We're all redeemable. So Simon, let's just bring it in. Simon, Jesus pointed out to Simon that his connection was pretty much dead. And I think he's, he's possibly like the classic man. He could be slightly out of touch with what was going on inside his heart. Not like you guys out like, you guys, you men, you like, you're in touch. You know what's, you know what's happening in your life and you're in tune and with your feelings and your emotions. And he's just, he was probably like, like come on over Jesus and let's have a barbecue. <laughs> barbecue. <laughs> Last service. Ah, let's have a barbecue. Let's talk religion. Let's talk politics and what's happening in America and, and the camel races. Let's like, this is, you know, let's stay at this level, Jesus. But, you know, just staying at that level, it just, it enabled, it, it didn't enable him to actually participate in honoring who Jesus really was. And he said, you know, like, Simon, your connection is just pretty much dead. He said, hey, you didn't wash my feet. You didn't greet me with a kiss. You did not put oil on my head. So all you guys, like, that's the benchmark right there. <laughs> I want to see some feet washed. No. Um, but to top it off, you know, for Simon, Jesus said to him, you don't have much love in your heart. And that's the issue because Simon, he was created to have much love. He was just in much, 
in need of forgiveness as Mary was. He was, he was in big need. He had religion and performance and judge, a judgmental attitude going on in his life. And he's like, Jesus is like, you're unaware of that. If you could receive forgiveness, if you could get in touch with what's going on with your heart, you, the, the capacity for your love would grow immensely. You know, 1 Corinthians said this. It's just such a great uh, passage of Scripture. It's brought out at every wedding just about in the universe. It says this, But if I speak in the tongues of men of, or of angels, but do not have love, I am only a resounding gong or a clanging cymbal. If I have the gift of prophecy and can fathom all mysteries and all knowledge, and if I have faith that can move mountains, but do not have love, I am nothing." If I give all I possess to the poor and give over my body to hardship that I may boast, but do not have love, I gain nothing. You know, this verse keeps it real. This this shows us actually what is most important in our life, what is what God is looking for and what our response is to be to one another. You know, uh, I, I mean, we want to become a church that keeps it real. We want to be a, ch- a church that where love is the greatest response that we have in our culture. It's the greatest thing that we're, we're, that we're motivated out of doing whatever we do in life. That, that love is connected with our, the core of our being. And, you know, our praise is about keeping it, r- it real. Our praise is about saying, you know, I am connected to love. That nothing can actually prevent me from, uh, from being in touch with that love. Even if love for me, I'm, I haven't felt it. I haven't, I, I don't know what it means. You know, praise in the tough times, it aligns us with His love. It aligns us with that intentionality that God has for our breakthrough. And so Mary, she'd obviously read the book of Romans and gone into the future because in Romans 8 and 39, like she's doing this and she's, it says, I'm absolutely convinced that nothing, nothing living or dead, angelic or demonic today or tomorrow, high or low, thinkable or unthinkable, absolutely nothing can get between us and God's love because of the way that Jesus, our master has embraced us. It's an amazing paragraph. It's amazing. Like this, this is for your life. You are now inseparable uh, from God's love because of Christ Jesus. And so Mary goes into this environment and there's like warning flags going up everywhere. There's men in the room and it's no one else is like weeping and pouring out their heart to Jesus. And she's like, nothing is going to stop the love of Christ impacting my life in this moment. Nothing is going to stop this extravagant offering I want to give to Him because she, she understood the complete goodness that God had for her. She understood this connection of God's love and that the grace of Jesus Christ would change her life completely. And our praise, our de- declaration, our, the extravagant offering of our heart aligns us with His love. Hillsong United, they do this song. It's called Rule. And man, it wrecks me. I was listening to it on the way here this morning. It was, it's just such a beautiful song off their, um, their Land of Dirt and Grace uh, album. And it says this, love like the skies are wide, crashing down to bring the world to life. Hope came dancing on an empty grave. Death has lost its rule to the King of grace. And then it goes on to say, his love rules the atmosphere. 
Man, I just like for our families, for our homes, for our businesses, for our workplaces, like that is like his love has got every intention of ruling the atmosphere, of being present in in the midst of our pain. His love wants to bring the kingdom order into the middle of our lives. You know, if, if nothing can separate us from his love, Romans 8 says, then everything is subject and able to be defeated by his love. Everything is defeatable. Everything is, is overcomable by His incredible love. In 1 John 4, 8, it just says this, that God is love. God is love. If, if, if God is love, then love is the greatest resource that we have on the planet. It's the greatest resource that we have. That You know, if God is love, then, then the power of love is unrivaled by any other agenda, any other innovation or army or political worldview. And I believe that we're going to see a church rise up in these days that are going to put on display and demonstrate what radical love looks like in our humanistic culture, you know? It's about time the world saw what, what love and grace look, uh, look like. Do you know, but to, to have that kind of connection with love and to release that kind of love in our own lives, we've got to have an authentic connection with the source of that love. Do you know, the Bible says, I think in Samuel, that, you know, that man looks at the outside, but God looks at the heart. He's looking at that heart, our heart, our connection with what love looks like. And it's only found in Christ Jesus. It's only found with a step of faith. And the Bible says in, in Romans 10, that if you confess with your mouth and believe in your heart that you will be saved. It's just a step. It's just a prayer away. This incredible connection that we have. It's just a, a declaration of your, your mouth away that God has designed for you to be aligned with love. And He has made a way for us, each one of us, through Christ Jesus. You know, uh, when Deb and I had been friends, uh, we're going. I'm going to rewind the clock now. 21 years. We'd been friends for uh, about three or four uh, months, um, and it's like this is 1996, I think, or something like that. We were helping run a youth cafe uh, just above Health 2000 uh, over there on High Street. It was awesome. We fried everything, and uh, it was real cool. We got to know each other quite well, actually, at the fryer. It was really awesome. And uh, I was 21. She was 18. And uh, at that time, like, we'd been friends. We're just getting to know each other. I was, I was like, man, I just want to redefine our relationship right now. Like, I like being friends with you, but I want to be special friends. <laughs> I want to be going out. Has anyone been there? I'm like, this tension of like, ah, I like you, but... Uh, yeah, let's, I want to, you know, I want more. I want more. And she's, and we talked about this. And, and she's like, yeah, yeah, that'd be nice. But I want to know for certain if it's God's will that we would be married in the name of the Lord Jesus. Amen. That we would become missionaries and see thousands of people saved. She's not here, so I can really embellish this. Uh, you know, was this God's will for us to be together? It was like the big question. And I'm like, I'm like, I don't know. I really don't know. But I was like, baby, 
I want the next step to be with you. And it was a step of faith, you know. I was like, that's what we do here. <laughs> and plus, you're really hot. <laughs> and we're really good friends. Uh, so I remember I gave Debbie an ultimatum. It was a bit of a, like, just putting it out there and just it was a big risk. And I said to her, hey, look, we can stay friends, but we're just going to spend less time together because this is like messing with me. And Or we could make it official and uh, we can start going out. And uh, this would be exciting. I'd have to change my status on the Facebook that wasn't invented then, but ring up my 875 followers and tell them that I was now going out with someone. And uh, so, but I left that with her. I walked away. I was in the little lobby area and I started walking down the steps and, um, and I got to this wee corner there and then I hear this, wait! And I turn like in slow motion and Debbie is like running down like with the wind in her hair like a spider. Yeah. And, she's, and she leaps and flies over my head. Lands on the floor beautifully because she was a ballet dancer. She doesn't actually do so much of that. But she did say, you're not going anywhere, baby. Let's get married. No. She was like, let's, uh, let's talk. Let's, let's make it official. <laughs> and that was good. And she's been the greatest gift in my life. Like, she honestly has. And I just, man... You know, I just, I know that that's a funny story, and it's a true story, mostly. But I just, just as I was just praying last night, I just, I just get such a sense that there are people here today that want to go to the next level of knowing the love of God in their lives. They want to see, you want to see what it can look like, what, what this great connection uh, could be in your lives. And maybe you're tired of just being friends with God. You're just understanding Christianity. Or maybe you've been looking at it from a distant place and you've just attended church or you haven't been in church for years. I don't know. But life has got you feeling jaded. And the Bible says that we get to go from glory to glory. And that isn't that isn't just like a funny spiritual statement. It's actually like we are meant to actually go from experiencing God's love and His provision and His insight and His wisdom and even His discipline in greater and greater measures as we are conformed to the likeness of His Son. Like we are called to be transformed as we step into a relationship with Christ and not just to stay stuck in a moment. And, and I'm believing that in 2017, that we are gonna be a people that grow in the love of God, that grow in this sense of goodness. And it's gonna take maybe, it will take a step of faith, perhaps a leap like Debbie. And, 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 and things are gonna change as you take that step. They always do. I never regret making one step of faith in my life. And sometimes I look and I'm like, that is illogical for you to do that. But I'm basing my life on my relationship with Jesus Christ. And you know, that day as Mary opened the jar of alabaster oil, 
It says an incredible aroma filled the room and it dominated every other smell in that place. And her actions revealed to the whole room the depth of the love of Christ that had been made real in her own heart. You know, our, our praise, it releases a heavenly aroma. It releases an atmosphere and it confronts and shifts atmospheres. It doesn't just kind of like waft around. It actually enforces a spiritual kingdom. The kingdom of God, is, it, it happens when we praise Him and it reveals the love of Christ for us and then for others as well. It goes beyond our world. And Sam uh, spoke last week and he shared the story of, of uh, Silas and Paul and they were out preaching the message of love and they were thrown into prison because they were preaching this radical message that went against religion. And then they, they decided at midnight they were going to just bust out some hill song and start praising. And they did. And they praised and they praised in chains. And then it says there was an earthquake and the doors flung open and everyone was free. And there's this jailer there. And he's responsible for the security of this prison. And he goes to draw his sword and kill himself because he's like, he's in deep yogurt. And so they say, stop, don't do it. No one's going anywhere. And see, praise created this potential connection with this man and they, and, and, and they went back to his house and they, his whole family gave their lives to Christ. Their whole, his whole family got baptised, the Bible says, because these guys, they praised, they received their own freedom, but that, that freedom went beyond their lives into the lives of something and to other, into other people. You know, as we praise Him, we are demonstrating our alignment with His love. And Mary broke open this alabaster oil. It was hers it was her treasure. It had great value. It was like the value of a whole year's worth of wages. And she gave it all. And I'm not trying to do a money speak here at all because this was just between her and Jesus. And I just believe in this season that, that, we, that we're going to open up new levels of our lives to God. We're going to open up new opportunities and maybe there's going to be some sacrifice in what we open up to Him. Maybe you're going to need to be vulnerable. Maybe you're going to need to give away something. I don't know. But it is to Him and it is between you and Him. But when you open up something to God, it releases aroma and it releases uh, something that will change and shift an atmosphere. In Psalm 66 verse 4, it says that all the earth worships you and sing praises to you. They sing praises to your name. Everything was created for praise. So how about we just delay the inevitable and start praising Him now with our whole lives? If we can just have the band up. I just want to conclude with four praise points that we can take from this narrative. and Because praise requires effort. It requires effort to be aligned with love. It requires something from us. So first up is that praise will confront your comfort zone. And you think of Mary. She's like walks into a room. There's blokes everywhere except for Martha because she's serving. It says the Gospel of John and, and as she does. And, and she's just like, you know, I, I'm the odd one out. I'm like, this is going to weird everyone out. She had to get over herself and get out of her comfort zone. So praise also gets you vulnerable. 
She came, Mary came to, to Jesus and she was totally undone. And I love it that she was able to just praise him in her brokenness. And we can all be just not have our lives together. We can be in different spaces and like regrets and all that and stuff ups and what have you. But man, let's just be real. Like she just demonstrates that we can praise God with our brokenness. You know, praise requires participation. It takes you where bench warming can't. And I just want to leave a challenge there that you wouldn't be someone that just sits on a bench and watches others get excited about their lives and about God's future for them. You are, we are all called in. We are all called into this incredible uh, life with Christ. And the awesome thing about that story is that, that Mary and her family actually became great friends with Jesus and her brother Lazarus died, which is kind of awkward, but Jesus came on the scene and he rose him from the dead because she had a, you know, this connection with Jesus Christ and this extravagant offering that she gave. So let's be a church that is connected with love. Let's be a church that doesn't just turn up for church, but is the church that is the church outside of Sunday, that is the church out in the world, that is demonstrating what the love of God looks like. This will just stand.